Hello, everyone, and welcome to another great episode of the Joy of Financial Planning podcast. The topics of this podcast are a complement to the book, Joy of Financial Planning, available at Amazon, amazon amazon.com, and all fine booksellers, I'm sure. Uh, Joy of Financial Planning is about the belief that we can overcome the unique economic and life challenges we face as a generation. We believe we can do this by first getting our economic house in order. The we is the people who believe this. So you're, you're included if you'd like. In fact, we have no other choice. We must grow our wealth, follow our passions, and live with compassion to find creative ways to achieve our own version of the American dream. This episode and others in this series is a transcription of this month's letter to stakeholders that I write for the wealth management clients of Jason Howell Company and, of course, our broader community network. Go to jasonhowell.com slash blog for additional insights, episode links, or just to contact us, to contact me if you like. In this episode, I make great reference to GDP, GNP, so gross domestic product, gross national product, and the guy that invented it all. And I asked the question, should we really be using this as the measure of well-being of not only our economy, but our country in general? So I hope you like it. I hope you find it interesting. Please send your feedback to jason at jasonhowell.com and give this episode a rating, especially on Apple Podcasts, if that's the kind of thing you do. For more about my unique brand of family wealth management, just go to jasonhowell.com. And now, time for the show. Wednesday, June 8th, 2.36 p.m. Nothing much has changed. Fortunately or unfortunately, our economy in the short term is in the same place it was last month. Doubt. There is no shortage of possible scenarios for short-term economic shock or recession. There's flute inflation, high gas prices, global recession, unyielding COVID-19 infection rates, and of course, the possibility of World War III. To remain an informed stakeholder of your community, you pay attention. As a responsible investor with a long-term strategy, you can ask yourself, are the journalists, the politicians, or even the TV financial economic wizards measuring the right things? So here's how maybe not to compare. Many TV analysts like to compare 2022 corporate earnings reports and other economic indicators to 2019. This makes some sort of sense. The thinking goes that comparing current numbers to the year before the onset of COVID-19 will eliminate the distortions caused by the pandemic. It will not. Whether it's the supply and demand of oil, the great resignation, or the demand for products and services, 2022, no matter what you do, is nearly incomparable. In fact, A more reliable year might be post-pandemic 1920, two years after the big uh, flu pandemic of 1918. Unfortunately, outside of the irony of the Polish-Soviet War of 1920, yeah, there was such a thing, look it up, uh, there isn't much that historically or far less economically that equates to 2022 to 1920. Kind of a weird sentence, but there, there isn't much that really makes this 102 years um, year of 2022, similar to 1920, again, besides that uh, weird war between the Soviet Union and Poland. 
102 years of the financialization of the economy will distort any analysis, of course. So how do we compare whether we are better off today than we were yesterday or four years ago, if you're a person running for president? Or maybe a better question we should ask is, are we headed in the right direction? Well, typically, this is done by looking every three months, i.e. every quarter, at whether our national economy has grown or declined. And that measurement that is observed and will be observed over this next year is gross domestic product or GDP. In the first three months of 2022, GDP measured negative 1.5%. So it was down. At the end of this month, June, it'll be another three months since March 31st, uh, GDP will be measured again. And if it is negative, then by textbook definition, our country will be in recession. Two negative quarters in a row typically determines that our economy is in a recession. But is measuring GDP an accurate indicator of what you should worry about, i.e. the direction of your own economic well-being? Well, let me stop a little bit and talk somewhat about the typical indicators that we've been reading. So as of May, there are nearly twice as many open jobs than there are available workers. It's kind of a good thing, according to the research arm of the U.S. Department of Labor, which is... What's the research arm of the U.S. Department of Labor? It's the BLS, the Bureau of Labor Statistics. So now you know, that's the research arm of the U.S. Department of Labor. Inflation is still historically high, but it hasn't grown as much as it has in the past few months. And so the measurement of uh, 8.6 or something is still less than what it was, say, in March when it grew almost to 9%. And unlike news slash TV analysts, the Federal Open Market Committee of the Federal Reserve. So when you hear about the Fed Chair Jay Powell, they're kind of talking about this committee along with Jay Powell. Well, those folks actually have the power to implement policies for protecting jobs and prices. One of the ways they control the money supply is by raising interest rates. You may have heard that, that interest rates were raised a half a percentage point and that they're planning to do it again um, later on. And by the way, these interest rates are the rates that bank charge themselves. And so you do see that trickle across to the interest that you may pay on a credit card or a mortgage. But really, the actual rate that's being increased is the rate that banks charge themselves when, yes, they borrow money with each other. And of course, if they're paying more for money, then they're going to make the consumers pay more for the money that they borrow. So that's how that kind of works. So the FOMC, remember that's the Federal Open Market Committee, which includes Fed Chair Jay Powell, is likely to raise rates next week. That's when they're going to talk about whether they're going to raise rates again. Everyone kind of expects that again. Another half a percentage point. This is actually a vote of confidence that the U.S. economy is growing too fast rather than contracting, which is what a recession would be. Increasing the cost of borrowing doesn't seem to make life or uh, to make living any easier, but this kind of short-term pain is exactly what our king-size, complex, uh, largest economy in the world needs to stabilize. Perhaps the most dangerous comparison that we're hearing today is comparing 2022 to the 1970s, a period of rising prices, rising unemployment, rising interest rates, um, you know, the World Bank's ec Global Economic Prospects Report, which I know is your Bible, uh, seems to indicate that Russia's invasion of Ukraine has had and may have 
the greatest effect on global growth of GDP. Again, likening it to say me sometime in the 70s with all the other indicators. But is GDP really the best measure? Let's talk about how we could compare the economy to prior periods. Is it possible to create, quote, better policies for better lives, as is the new tagline for the 60-year-old, and I know you know this organization, Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development, the OECD. Okay, maybe you haven't heard of it. This is the question that the OECD has been asking since its early beginnings when it began as the, maybe you've heard of this, the organization, kind of a European spelling of organization, for European Economic Cooperation, the OEEC. So that's where it started, the OEEC, but now it's the OECD. So the OEEC, you'll recognize this, was part of a collective effort and administering American and Canadian aid to rebuild Europe when? Right after World War II. So if you know about the U.S. Marshall Plan, then you understand what the OEEC was about and you understand what the OECD today 60 years later is about. Over the past 60 years, the OECD, the World Bank, you've heard of that, and the International Monetary Fund have begun to wonder aloud how to use other economic indicators in addition to GDP, gross domestic product, to measure a country's wellness. The GDP measure and its cousin, the gross national product, were created by an American economist, yay, go America, um, and statistician, Simon Kuznets. In 1971, he actually received the Nobel Memorial Prize in Economic Sciences for his work in calculating and comparing the wealth of sovereign nations, so basically pricing. And so what's interesting is the way that GDP, okay, on a very basic level is calculated, it's pricing, it's housing pricing, it's financial markets pricing. And you can understand that sometimes there are bubbles. And so is it always good that the GDP number is going bigger, is getting bigger, when we know that there are bubbles in the economy? That's the right question. As reported in a 2020 article in Scientific American, this is your other Bible, uh, Kuznets warned way back in the day that GDP should not be considered a metric for social or even economic well-being, as it measures all goods and services, including, as he put it, armaments. So, you know, military spending, which typically means something of a war, so that can't be a good thing. And the unhealthy fruits of bubbles. He called it, quote unquote, financial speculation. So again, if the economy is growing kind of wildly based on bubbles and spending on perhaps wars that you and I may not believe in, then that's not really good growth, is it? That was the overall question. In fact, Kuznets spent much of his later years, his later career, describing the things that we are seeing today, which is the relationship between economic growth and inequality, which happens when you get bubbles, economic bubbles. The author of the Scientific American article goes on to write that GDP measures market activity but not quite social well-being. It may be why GDP could be a positive or negative and your finances may reflect that relationship or they may not. You may be doing fine when the GDP is going down or you may be doing really terribly when the GDP is uh, really going wild. 
In fact, I would say, and this is me, not the article, Kuznets may have been, he may not have realized that he was an early SRI ESG guy because he what he believed in was more metrics. And to put a plug in for sustainable investing, you know, that's what I believe in and about 6% of all financial advisors. It's not about eliminating good investment policy. It's about adding metrics, metrics that stakeholders will also care about. And so some people actually care about what is happening to the environment. Some people care about social causes. Some people, in fact, most investors care about good governance of companies because bad governance typically means a company is going to run into trouble, whether it's fines, whether it's all out bankruptcy. And so that's that's sort of the interesting part that Kuznets, the inventor of the GDP, sort of put forth. Um, you know, we all know to measure stocks, there are stocks that are not currently being measured outside of ESG factors, and that would be the stock of human capital, social capital, physical uh, capital. I think that's something for us all to think about when we are looking at comparisons. Could there be, and this is what the IMF and the World Bank and the OECD are asking, is there a dashboard? And in fact, the OECD has taken 11 areas and created a dashboard of community health to say, maybe if we measure these areas and this catches on like GDP did, GDP caught on like crazy and every country is using GDP as their measure, maybe then we'd have a better way of assessing how well we're doing and how well we might do in the future. So this month's stakeholder spotlight will focus squarely on, and I don't know if I can pronounce this last name, Joseph Stiglitz. I guess it wasn't that hard. He is the author of the article in Scientific American, GDP is the wrong tool for measuring what matters. So he doesn't ask the question. He just thinks it is. It speaks to the difference between the financialized economy and what many people call the quote unquote real economy, the place where you and I and our neighbors live. Well, if you like this, please share your thoughts. As I mentioned, just send an email to jason at jasonhowell.com. And with that, I yield the balance of your time.